This morning's message is entitled, Be Strong and Courageous. We're going to be looking at Joshua chapter 1 in what is known as one of the hallmark passages in Scripture. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Moses, the great patriarch, is dead. And Moses didn't have an opportunity to go into the promised land. He died off with the remaining generation that was complaining and doubting in the wilderness. And now it's time for God to raise up a new leader, Joshua, to lead the people of God through the wilderness and now eventually into the promised land. They are on the brink of the promised land, on the edge of the Jordan River. And God sends this word to Joshua, a command to be strong and courageous. The name Joshua means the Lord saves. And Joshua understood what it was going to take because between the wilderness and the promised land stood the Jordan River and stood the fortified city of Jericho. And it would truly require a strength and courage from above in order for Joshua to lead faithfully without any fear. So Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Let's read the word of God together. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I have promised to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all of the land of the Hittites to the great sea, toward going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses. So I will be with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause the people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do all according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous, Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord, the Lord your God, is with you wherever you go. And the grass withers and the flower continues to fade, but the word of our Lord, no, the word of our Lord, it stands forever. Amen. Life is hard. Many times we do not feel adequate for the task at hand. 
There is not one person listening that at some point in their life, they have said in whatever season they might find themselves in, whether it be this current season or another season in life, that they have said, I am overwhelmed, I am insufficient, I am scared, and I am completely paralyzed by fear. There is not one person listening this morning that is immune from this reality, this real fear of being paralyzed regardless of what the situation is. That there is an obstacle in their life, there is an obstacle in their work, there is an obstacle in their home, in their relationship, or maybe it's just nearing the end of their life. And there is some situation or circumstance that is absolutely paralyzing them with fear. Well, God says here in Joshua chapter 1 that there is a way to navigate through the hard waters of life, that there is a way in which you can operate with strength and courage regardless of the situation, and it it is nothing like the way of the world. So what does God tell Joshua and ultimately us this morning about what it means to operate with strength and courage. What does God do for Joshua? And what does he ultimately do for us? The first thing that we see here in this passage is that God reminds us of his promise. In verses 2 through 6, over and over again, God is reminding Joshua of his promise. Why is that important? In verses 2 through 4 in particular, He reminds Joshua of this promise that he made to the forefathers. This promise that he made to Abraham all the way back in Genesis 12 and Genesis 15. That I swore to your forefathers that I would give them this land. And so Joshua needs to be reminded and we need to be reminded this morning of the faithfulness of God from one generation to the next, that God has made a promise. And what God is saying is, I've made a promise. And if I break my promise, I cease to be God. And so just as Joshua needed to be reminded of the promise, we too, as the people of God, need to be reminded of the promises of God, need to be reminded that God is faithful from one generation to the next. And listen what God says. He speaks as if this is a done deal. In verses 2 and 4, he says, I'm giving you the land. You will inherit the land. God speaks to Joshua as if this is a done deal. So he wants to remind Joshua, though no, no matter what you face on the other side, that you will have the land. Imagine living in a victorious position. That is what Joshua was promised. You are operating and going through the the Jordan River and going to go through the fortified city of Jericho already victorious. Notice that God does not say, be strong and courageous and then you will inherit the land. He says, you've already inherited the land, therefore be strong and courageous. You're already victorious. My my, my promise to you, you can bank on. It is guaranteed. Therefore, in light of that promise, be strong and courageous. See, we navigate life as God's children from a position of victory. It's already been done. The battle has already been won and accomplished on our behalf. Therefore, we can be strong and courageous. 
Notice also in verse 3, God tells Joshua, just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. Remember, Joshua was the assistant to Moses. So Joshua was with Moses at the Passover. He was with Moses in the crossing of the Red Sea. He was with Moses all throughout the wilderness. And so what God is saying is, you've seen me. You've seen me at work. You've seen me from generation to generation deliver on my promise. I will not stop now. And if you're listening this morning, you have a God that from generation to generation has delivered on his promise to be faithful to his people. And maybe once again, you need to be reminded because you have forgotten of the promises of God. It is in the promises of God that we find our true strength and our true courage. But the second thing that we see in this passage is not only does God remind us of his promise, but God also gives us his word for us to find strength and courage. In verses 7 and 8, we're reminded of the, of the importance of God's word in our life that he has given to us. In verse 7, he says, be careful to do all that the law of Moses commands. The law of Moses here is equivalent to the scriptures. The the law and the commandments is all they had by way of scripture at that time. So when you see the law of God or the law of Moses, that, that is equivalent to the scriptures or the word of God. And so what God is saying to Moses, I've given you and your people this word from above. Be careful to do everything that is written in it. It's interesting in verse 7, concerning the word of God, God says, if you do all of it, you will be prosperous and successful. Notice that God does not say that you have the privilege of picking and choosing what you want to believe, that you don't have the ability or the privilege to decide, I will believe a little of this of scripture and I will neglect this part of scripture. But God's command is to believe all of it. And then you will be successful. I find it fascinating that as the people of God were about to go to battle and about to go to war, to cross the Jordan River and into the fortified city of Jericho, that amongst in the camp of the people of God, that you did not see strategies and you did not see battle plans, but more than likely spread out through the camp, you saw the very word of God. This was their strategy. This was their plan to how to navigate the, the, the fears and the anxieties and the troubles and temptations of this life and of this world. Is that your strategy? Is that your plan? To obey and listen to all the word of God, the word of God that he has given to us. And then in verse 8, he says, This book, the word of God, the word of the law, shall not depart from your mouth, and it shall be the thing that you meditate on day and night. There we get that idea of day and night again that we've seen all throughout the Old Testament. To, it's not speaking uh, about 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes at night when you see day and night uh, combined together. It's speaking of the totality of that day. All throughout the day, everywhere you go, you shall be meditating on the Word of God. The word meditate there doesn't simply mean to read the Word of God and study the Word of God. While that's important, and the word meditate certainly implies that you need to read and study the Word of God, but it's so much more 
The idea of meditating day and night involves memorizing the word of God and reflecting on God's word and repeating on, repeating God's word in your soul day and night. The idea of meditation was that the word of God became such a part of your life that wherever you go, whatever circumstance you were faced with, that your soul would actually begin to repeat the, the beauty and the glory of God as it's found in the word of God. So we are called not only to read God's word and study God's word, but memorize God's word. I heard one pastor say that the idea of meditating on God's word is, is like God's soundtrack playing on repeat in your soul. So when the, the noises of this world come in, you have something in your soul that the word of God is so ingrained in your soul, in your life, that it is able to tune out the noise of this world so that when fear comes in, your soul is, is enabled to respond by, with faith. When, when trouble comes in, that your soul is to respond with joy when, when, when doubt comes in, that your soul is able to respond with hope and peace. This is what it means that we take the word of God. We're obedient to all of the word of God and we know it so well and memorize it and reflect it and repeat it that it is constantly resonating in our soul. When fear comes in, my soul responds with faith. So we find strength in his promises. We find strength in his word. And then lastly, we see that God offers salvation in order for us to be strong and courageous. In verse 9, God says, Joshua, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. But then he says this, and it's such good news. He says, but don't be frightened and don't be dismayed. For I will be with you wherever you shall go. There we get in verse 9 the idea once again of the presence of God that we've been talking about for so many weeks. The presence of God was what the people of God longed for. The presence of God the, to have the favor and approval of God. God is saying my presence will go with you and it will be the very thing that saves you. You see, only people that have experienced the salvation of God by his free grace can know that wherever they go, through whatever storms of life they go through, that they will have the presence of God. This is the promise of God's salvation, to have his presence on top of the mountain and in the valleys below. You will have my salvation and my presence. And what it is reminding Joshua and the people of God is that your strength and courage is not based upon you, but it is based upon me, my salvation and my presence on your behalf. And you know, in the providence of God, there could not have been a more perfect name given to the new leader of God's people. Remember I said in the beginning what Joshua's name means. It, it means literally, the Lord saves. 
What a perfect name for the new leader of the people of God. The Lord saves. That is the meaning of the name Joshua. So that every morning Joshua woke up, he would be reminded that the burden of the salvation of these people does not rest upon me, but it rests upon God. And every morning the people of God woke up, they would be reminded that our salvation does not rest in Joshua, but it rests upon the Lord. And you know, centuries later, another Joshua would be born. Another Joshua would be born in the city of David, in the city of Bethlehem. You see, in the Greek, the name Joshua is translated Jesus. And it would be Jesus, the perfect Joshua, would come into this world and on his worst day here on earth and in his worst moment in his earthly life, the perfect Joshua Jesus did not coward and he did not fear. And on the cross, Jesus was perfectly strong and perfectly courageous for you and I who would always struggle with fear and courage. You see, it was Jesus on the cross who said, I will be strong for you and I will be courageous for those that are weak. You see, those that stand before God one day with the hope of being entered into his heaven will not stand before God and say, God, look at how I was perfectly strong and perfectly courageous. But those who have the hope of entering the kingdom of heaven forever will stand before God and say it is on the basis of Jesus's perfect strength and on the basis of Jesus's perfect courage that I have any hope of entering your kingdom forever and ever. This past week, we lost a giant in the faith, Ravi Zacharias. Ravi Zacharias went home to be with his Lord that he defended for decades. I don't know if there was a a greater defender of the truth of Christianity than Ravi Zacharias, defending the, the truth of Christianity as the only true worldview And his favorite poem was a poem written by Richard Baxter, a 17th century English Puritan pastor. And the name of the poem was, Lord, it belongs not to my care. The day day before he went home to be with his God, he asked his family to read it to him one more time. This is how the poem reads. Lord, it belongs not to my care whether I die or live. To love and serve thee is my share, and this thy grace must give. If life be long, I will be glad that I may long obey. If short, yet why should I be sad to welcome endless day? Christ leads me through no darker rooms than he went through before. He that unto God's kingdom comes must enter by this door. Come, Lord, when grace has made me meet thy blessed face to see, For if thy work on earth be sweet, what will thy glory be? Then I shall end my sad complaints in weary sinful days and join with the triumphant saints that sing my Savior's praise. My knowledge of that life is small, the eye of faith is dim, 
but tis enough that Christ knows all, and I shall be with him. Why did Ravi love this poem so much? I think it because it accurately summed up his life. Whether I die or whether I live, that's too not to my care, but to the Lord's. If I live long, I'll be glad. If my days be short, then why would I be sad? You see, the truth of this poem can not only be the truth of Ravi's life, but this can be the truth of your life this morning. You see, for those that know Jesus, we have the strength and the courage to persevere through whatever this life might throw our way because of the reality and the good news that Jesus was perfectly strong and perfectly courageous for us. Life is hard, but you don't need a sermon for that. But there is a God this morning who offers himself to you A God who offers himself to you full of grace and mercy. A God who offers himself to you that has a purpose for your life. A God who offers himself to you and says, I want you to meet my son. Because it was in my son that you can find strength and courage to persevere. I don't know what you're facing this morning. But I do know this. You no longer have to be overwhelmed by fear. Because for whoever is in Christ, you have the promise this morning to say, yes, life is hard, but I have his promises. Yes, life is overwhelming, but I have his word. Yes, life is scary, but I have experienced his salvation. Do you know him? Do you believe in him? The Bible makes it very clear And yet so simple. Whoever believes in Jesus, God will give them the right to be called his very child. I want nothing more. That regardless of whether you have known Jesus for decades or today is the first day that you're going to place your faith and trust in him, I want nothing more than for you to live and operate under the conviction That through the perfect Joshua, Jesus Christ, you have the promise that he will never leave you and never forsake you. That you can operate under the conviction that yes, there might be times in my life where I find myself frightened and dismayed, but I can never be crushed and I can never be destroyed because I know Jesus, my perfect strength and my perfect Courage. Amen.